All right, good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Green Circle Podcast, coming to you from the beautiful Noel Furniture Showroom in Liberty Village. Uh, once again, Greenford Construction built this space about a decade ago to lead platinum standards, and uh, I always want to thank the Noel folks for allowing us to be here. For those who have turned in, uh, tuned into past episodes, you know me, but for those who are tuning in for the first time, my name is Scott Ledden, and I will be your host. And today I'm very pleased to be welcoming Chuck Scott, the CEO, Chief Executive Officer of Cushman Wakefield for Canada and Latin America. Welcome to the show, Chuck, and thank you very much for taking the time out of your schedule to join us. We really uh, appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. Happy to be here. Uh, well, really appreciate it. So, uh, so far leading up uh, to this show, Chuck, a lot of our uh, discussions have centered around, centered around COVID and the implications of the COVID crisis. So we are going to obviously touch on that today, but I want to I tap in spe uh, to your specific expertise in, term in terms of man uh, management mm -hmm. and leadership and inspiring your, your team. Um, you know, the first thing I want to know is, as Cushman's CEO for, for uh, Canada and Latin America, you have 5,000 plus yep. employees reporting to you. Yep. Um, there's travel restrictions. I'm sure in normal times you are traveling all over the place, visiting your different offices. Now you can't. So during these times of uncertainty uh, and restrictions, I'm just wondering how you manage to lead and manage and inspire your team to you know, maintain the company's vision and to keep everything moving along. It's it's a great it's a great question, Scott, and it's true. I mean, just not for me and Cushman and Wakefield, for everyone. I mean, it's just it's such a uh, an interesting time and, and such a major disruption in, in the world and the way we operate. You're you're kind of forced to do do uh, do different things. So first of all, I just I really appreciate you doing what you're doing here and yeah. having this podcast and bringing other people in and 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 exchanging perspectives and whatnot. And congratulations to you. Oh, thanks very and much. And to Greenford for doing that. Um, so listen, I mean, it, from where I sit, it, it's 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 interesting because it's sort of gone in phases a little bit. You know, as a as a company, we, you know, when the pandemic first started, uh, when COVID first started, you kind of got into this phase of it was it was dealing with a global health pandemic, and so all eyes and all attention was how do we keep our employees safe? Right. How do we keep our customers and their assets safe? It was just it was just all about about the safety of our people it still is by the way but that was the real primary focus so so th that's that's what we were doing and then it more it expanded and kind of morphed into all right this isn't just a a, a health pandemic this this is a global financial an pandemic. economic crisis this, exactly. this is a real economic crisis and so how do you how do you navigate those waters and then it's now expanded even beyond that to say okay well there's another side Right, and we're going to come out the other side of that. So how do you, how do you start thinking about recovery readiness right. and things like that? So, as a leader, it's been a real roller coaster sort of ride over the last four or five months. But um, you know, I tell you this, and, and I know this would, this goes for you and, and, and anybody else in business. How you show up right now mm -hmm. will be remembered. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, how, how we show up to our employees, to our families, to our communities, it will be remembered. Uh, and it, it's interesting because these types of disruptions <clears throat> and these types of times, they can, they can really shine a light on strengths mm -hmm. uh, of people and an organization, but they can also shine a light on fault lines. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and no cracks that. that you have in organizations, which, which whether you think so at the time is a good thing because it allows you to learn. So for, for me, I mean, really three things I could probably distill it into as a leader. And I'll start by saying I, I'm definitely not the smartest leader in the room. Uh, and I've got a ton to learn. Um, 
but the first I think is is just to be present mm -hmm. and what you learn really quickly in something like this is not to confuse presence with physical presence okay uh, and and that your people and and the people you work with and people the clients you work for they need you to be present and to be engaged and so that's why you know all of these zoom calls and teams calls and things like that um, have been very very important there could kind of be a knee-jerk reaction especially when you're dealing with issues is is to just is to go into a hole right and to kind of hide from it hide from it, it or, or or just not really deal with it head-on we have to do the exact opposite because that's what our our you know constituents want right they, they they want to see you so over communication has been um, a massive thing that people need to know that there is a steady hand on the wheel um, at this time so being present more so than ever mm -hmm. um, is uh, is important it's a challenge for me as you noted you know, I oversee as part Latin America, and and I would you know I would spend fifty to seventy five percent of my time on the road traveling. Yeah, I know that. You know, across Canada and into Latin America, and when that just stops, it's just a weird it's a weird place. So you're having to you're having to put in all these new sort of mediums and vehicles of reaching people and being present. So it, you know what? It it builds a lot of muscle that you maybe didn't have before, and I'm super hopeful lives on as we come out the other side. Well, it's very interesting you say that because as much as this has been a terrible situation for the world and globally and business and, and obviously health, there have been some positive things that have come out of it. And that's, you know, it, we think and some of our guests we've had on past shows, we talk about some of the improvements that are actually gonna come out of it, you know, using technology more effectively. It doesn't mean it's gonna replace the office, but it's gonna augment the office experience perhaps. And I think, yep. you know, from your perspective, the same thing you're saying is, yes, it's been terrible, but you've learned some new skills, You've got to practice some new in some new situations that you haven't faced before, and as a leader, and as a business person, and as a person, you're growing through that process. Well, so. it's true, and I mean, you're 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 forced, rightfully so, into this place of ideation when you have something like this, because <laughs> because you, you you need to to your to the to your question, how do you, you need to keep people engaged, right? Mm -hmm. How do you keep people engaged, and you have to find new ways, and in our business too, in in the commercial real estate business, when our our professionals are so used to you know bringing people product bring transacting and doing things and when that just kind of stops uh you're forced to stay engaged with your clients in other ways because yeah. just like a leader's you know people want you to be present your clients want you to be present and how you show up to them and organize around them in this time uh, is really important so you know one of the things we've done is just work with our professionals constantly during this during this time to say, how can we help? How can we help you in your business? How can we give you ideas and give you tools and help you leverage things that we are doing mm -hmm. to allow you to stay engaged with your clients? We were, I guess, fortunate, if you want to call it that, uh, because we're a global company and because we're one of the largest uh, property managers in Asia, mm -hmm is we were several months ahead of this. Ah, so you it, had a little bit of it, a it, yeah. head start here. Yeah, so in terms of understanding what this meant, not only to the world, but to our clients, um, we, we were, you know, we brought, you know, millions and millions of clients back to, back to their workplace. So it allowed us to um, consolidate all those best practices and get them into a recovery readiness guide that we were able to leverage here in the Americas. And it really put Cushman and Wakefield, I'm so proud of Cushman and Wakefield, it really put us out 
on our front foot uh, in, in talking about recovery readiness. But I bring that up because that was, that was ideation and an arrow in the quiver for our people. Right. So they could now stay engaged with their clients. And well, I think that gave about. them that reassurance that we talked about is people are nervous, people are uncertain when they see the, the company's leadership yeah. coming up with new ideas, communicating those ideas, saying, yes, this has been a challenge, but here's yeah. what we're doing about it. And here's yeah. how we are going to, to uh, combat this. It gives them, okay, good. Hey, these guys have great ideas. And then it starts to roll out and then their enthusiasm comes back and they feel confident and it, it's just, you know, all part of that management process. You're, so. you're right. And so, so that being present is a real big thing. The second, that's a good segue, is, is just being transparent. Um, nobody has all the answers. And as, <laughs> a, and, and as a leader, I'm very quick to say that. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't think that, that you know, our, our folks or, or anybody is really looking for someone to give them absolute certainty. Well, we, they would like it, but I think they recognize it's, just it's not, not coming. There. <laughs> it's yeah. just not there. Yeah. And, and, and I think part of, part of the transparency is to say, hey, I don't have all the answers, but this is what I know. Mm -hmm. And this is what, as a leader, you can count on from me. Again, people want to have that kind of steady hand on the wheel. Uh, in, in, in our case, too, financial stability is a big thing that's on people's mind. Of course. Right? You yeah. know, we are, a, we are a global public company, mm -hmm. Cushman and Wakefield, you know, large company. And, and doesn't matter if you're large, medium, or small. The financial viability of your company is really, really important. So, so our global CEO, myself, all senior leaders made it a real, um, a real priority mm -hmm. to come out early and give assurance to, uh, to to people inside Cushion and Wakefield that we're okay, and that we are in a good financial position, and that we can weather this storm. We have to be prudent, just like every other company has to right now, but, but it's going to be okay. So giving that sort of transparency, I think was, um, uh, was good and, and, and just being honest, kind of being honest about the fact that this is a disruption and with disruption comes change. Yep. And, and I think just giving that transparency and honesty to that there will be change, things will happen, but, but you know, that's not always a bad thing, right? It's not always a bad thing that, that, that this change usually always leads to some, some new way of doing something. So being present, being transparent, and I think finally um, uh, is being authentic. Okay. And, 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 you know, you might say that's the same as transparent, but here's what I mean about being authentic as a leader. Um, we should never, ever underestimate the toll that this pandemic is taking on people absolutely right and it's uh, like, yeah. this is, it, we're humans mm -hmm. we're humans and so we often talk about work and what's happening and 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 how this affects our workplace pull that over to the side of the road mm -hmm. this should never be lost on us how this is affecting um, our people and their families mentally financially physically Spiritually, any like the, beyond work, and the tolls are massive. There's no doubt. I know you have uh, a family like I do, and you know it's one thing for us to be saying our work is fine, you know all those other things. But your kids, your wife, your loved ones have are going through this in different ways. You know, socially, are you can't do anything, you can't see your friends, you can't do these things. So all of those things play in everybody's mind, and I think your point is a great one. As a leader, you don't only want to reassure people with respect to their business, and I mean that's obviously a huge part, but 
work is only one part of someone's life typically right. and to be uh, a smart enough leader to recognize that in your case and to and to address the other issues I think was going to obviously pay huge dividends for you and for Cushman Wakefield down the future in the future yeah. when people say they only they don't just care about my work they that's care right. about me my family my loved ones and things like that so well, that's right and I think when you when you we call it at Cushman we call it a culture of high performance mm -hmm. that's really one of the things we strive for high performance doesn't mean ruthless in fact <laughs> right. just the opposite what it means is just being the best being the best that you can be to each other, to your families, to your communities, to your clients, you know, all of that. And, and this is a real opportunity to put that culture on display. Uh, and, and we're focusing on that. And the other thing too is, is you know, as a leader, you know, just having this vulnerability uh, and being able to <laughs> let people know, hey, I, I'm scared too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not uh, immune to this either. This freaks me out as much as it does anybody else. And um, I think people want to hear that. Oh, yeah. And I think people want to hear that it's uh, that's okay, mm -hmm. that it's actually okay to be tired and it's okay to have fatigue and it's okay to get fed up of Zoom calls and things like <laughs> yeah. that. And want to get back and, to the and, office and, and well, wish yeah, things are back I mean, to normal. Yeah, we're telling people, I mean, you might be, you know, too, Scott, but I mean, we're like, take vacation. Yeah. I mean, vacation is kind of a weird concept right now in this quasi-shelter-in-place environment, but, but, you know, take time. Take time. And I think that's important too because and a lot of people go up, it's like vacation, but it, it really isn't because yeah. you have all these uncertainty. When you say take vacation, I'm assuming you mean put it all yeah, aside. Get off the grid yeah. to the extent just, you can. Yeah. I mean, we all, we all have different, different abilities to do that, but, um, but yeah, you know, just, just, just sort of disconnect and disconnect. try to go and disconnect. I was uh, fortunate to go up north this weekend and oh, nice. you, you know, you leave the city and you, it does change. You kind of forget what's going on. You have a little bit of, you know pre-COVID normalcy and you're going, oh, that's just so refreshing. And then, right. you know, you do come back to reality, unfortunately, right. but uh, it is important, I think, and uh, to, to, to take that vacation, even though, it, you know, you're not at work, you're not on vacation. So, yeah. it's, uh, it's a different thing. so I mean, that's really, a, so, uh, you know, as, as a leader, as, you know, someone who runs a company in a really challenging time where anxieties are high, tensions are high, uncertainty, the uncertainty meter is off the chart. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just find if you can really focus on being present, really focus on being transparent, mm -hmm. and really focus on being authentic, you're, you're out of the gates well. Beautiful, well those are three great points. Uh, I'm sure our listeners would really value those. And now I wanna move on to some real estate expertise that I know you possess, and just obviously getting back to our core business, your core business, what do you see as the future of real estate and how does the office environment fit into that future uh, I wouldn't say globally, but outside of the GTA for now, and then we'll we'll sort of narrow it down to GTA after that, if that's yeah. okay. Yeah, sure. It, it, again, it, it, you know, great t question. Obviously, it's on everybody in our industry's mind. And as I was getting ready for this, I jotted down. I thought to myself, you know, when I get to tell Scott, here here are sort of some of the questions that I'm getting asked because I'm doing a lot of speaking and things I'm like sure. that. And yeah. and he, you know, so questions like, you know, is the office a thing of the past? Um, are companies going to take less space? Will there be massive vacancies in the major cities? Um, will the suburbs win right. in all of this? Um, is capital still flowing? Um, are we seeing COVID discounts and pricing and things like that? So, so I'm, I'm getting all those types of questions, rightfully so. Sort well, of all, I've all heard the them time. all. I've asked them all. We yep. have discussions about these all the time. So yep. I'm glad that we have you here to give us your opinion. Well, and, and it's just that. <laughs> yep. It's no, just that. It's, not, it's, uh... it's, it's, just, it's just my opinion. Um, and... Uh, you know, just speaking, speaking as an individual, really, not even, you know, as Cushman, speaking as an individual who's been in the real estate business for 25 years, 
um, you know, 12 of those at Cushman. But uh, th listen, there's no, there's no question that this is a massive disruption to our industry. Mm -hmm. um, that's for sure. And uh, any type of disruption really allows us to sort of reimagine and rethink the core pillars of what's going on. Um, I'll start by saying the office is not going away. I'm so happy to hear you say in, that. In, in my opinion, <laughs> um, that's for sure. Uh, but how people uh, think about the office and how the office fits into an overall occupancy strategy and how buildings are built or reimagined to support tenancies of the future and how transit gets us to all these things are going to be looked at. So, I'm, A, I'm glad to hear you say, I mean, mm -hmm. all of our guests so far have, have had the same sort of feeling regarding the office. It's not going away, it's gonna change. Um, but, you know, uh, Jillian Warren, I think it was from Figure 3 in one of our previous episodes, indicated, you know, her feeling, and I think it resonated with a lot of people, the office is a great place for community, culture, and learning. Yep. And that's not going to change. You, you can't get those things from working at home. Right. And, and, you know, the technology companies that talk about, well, we could have people work from home because we have that technology. They're the ones who have spent the most time, effort, and money on employee engagement and employee experience in their offices. They recognize how important that is. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, all, all that stuff's true, but what's interesting to see, and, and Google announced it this morning, that they're allowing 200,000 of yep. their employees to not come back to work till July 2021, yep. if ever. Yep. Uh, and so there's a company that knows a thing or two about culture and, mm -hmm. and how people work. So it, here, here's my point of view. My point of view is the, the office is going to be, its purpose is going to be re-examined. And it, it's, it's going to be part of an overall workplace ecosystem, okay. if you want to look at it that way. Listen, A component of this Yeah, ecosystem. I think so. I mean, listen, remote working has been a part of, certainly big occupiers, it's been a part of their strategy forever. Right. Uh, forever. For, you know, in, in, for many years. I think what's happening now is it's been accelerated yeah. and there's a massive spotlight sort of shining down on that one pillar of an occupancy strategy and so so i think people that really weren't heavily thinking about remote working before they are now mm -hmm. um but what i don't think that's going to do is remove the office it may to to maybe jillian's point it just may it may alter its purpose a little bit mm -hmm. and do, do companies really go maybe with a hub and spoke mentality and things like that with, with their offices. You know, maybe I, I often get the question, um, you know, will, will companies take less space or will they take more space? And, you know, I think the bottom line is it, it's, it's too early to tell that, but I think um, some will take less space, mm -hmm. most will not. I, I think the reason for that is there's been this massive uh, trend towards densification yeah, right exactly. over the last several years and as companies look to reverse that mm -hmm. you know one theory could be that that reverse densification is going to neutralize any gap that's created by having people out of the office yeah, so, so that's that what space kind of yeah. maybe that's stays out. the same I mean there, there, there's, there's, there's a camp that says maybe people take more space right because of that reverse densification so we'll see well, what do you think? I mean, some of our past guests, and we've had great discussions around, it's not, a lot of people are looking at it as an either or. 
are people going to work from home or are they going to come back to the office? And, and there was a you know, debate of which one was going to, what was it going to be? And then we started thinking, you know, it's probably not going to be one or the other. It's going to be one and the other. People want the flexibility to be able to work from home or from a remote location depending on the activity that yeah. they're doing. So I spoke earlier about one of the advantages of COVID and we talked about the possibility of employees might become actually more productive because they have the flexibility to choose the location or the environment that best suits whatever activity it is that they're doing, which might allow them to optimize their productivity. If they're doing, you know, perhaps responding to an RFP or expenses or some administrative duties, instead of driving downtown for transit downtown for an hour each way, you can work from home or where yeah. and you get it done much quicker, you're more efficient. But if you need to collaborate, then you go downtown yeah. and you are perhaps more focused. You haven't seen your colleagues in a while. You really get some great ideas and that type of thing. So that could be one of the opportunities of, of things actually getting better than they were pre-COVID. So yeah, it could, could be. I mean, that's it's, it's a great point. That is a classic point of something that you know might come out of this that, that makes us all better. Here's the thing. It's just so early. Right. It's just so early <laughs> and, and we don't really know. We don't really know... You know, I, I I hear a lot of people talking about productivity and, and how, in many cases, it's not impaired, but we have such little data. I mean, we've got, you know, four, four or five months of data. Wait till we have a year of data and just see if that productivity is still the the same way. Um, well, I think I don't think productivity was a huge focus. I mean, to your point early on, this was a this was a safety issue, a health and safety, like just go and stay safe. Yep. I don't think too many employers were calling their employees saying, are you being productive right yeah. now? They were just saying, are you safe? Is everything okay? You know, that type of thing. So now people are starting to get concerned a little bit about productivity, but quite frankly, the volume of activity is, is lower than it has been. So you, you, it would be hard to be as productive as you were yeah. when the world was pre-COVID. So yeah. productivity metrics are going to uh, you know, be a challenge right now. But one thing you, um, you had mentioned was it's early. It's early and so nobody really knows they want to wait so I have a question for you is because it's early are tenants trying to delay making a decision right now and putting it off as much as possible either renewing for a short term doing a short-term deal to try to buy some time or is that offset by you know you know maybe being able to grab a great deal right now because landlords are nervous or what are you seeing mm -hmm. on that front um, first of all uh, every every clients different right and you and it and it kind of depends on what sector you're in as a client right now. I mean, you've got, you've got certain occupiers, certain tenants that are in sort of high growth sectors right now. And they're actually, they're interested in growing, expanding and being strategic. And you have some investors who are opportunistic investors and some investors who are defensive investors. I mean, I would classify it this way, and this is maybe a good segue into where I think you were wanting to go about, you know, how does a GTA look yeah, more absolutely. specifically in the sort of short, medium and long term? and specifically in the office, um, I would classify it this way. If you, if you sort of look at, at short, medium, and long, you can, you can sort of parallel what, the, what the, the, the perspective in each, like short term mm -hmm. is akin to uncertainty. Medium term is starting to see the evidence of protocols working and long term is like a vaccine or something where there's more certainty. So it's almost like a certainty scale. Okay. Right. Yeah. And 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 we're at the beginning of that right now. We're in the in the short term still uncertain. And so if you were to translate that into how is that c coming to life in real estate decisions, I think you're seeing a lot of occupiers 
They just don't know what to plan for. Right. So um, if they were having these big sort of strategic plans, they've maybe been shelved for a little bit. Again, if you're in a hyper growth sector or something where you can take advantage of this, it's a different story. But for the majority of occupiers, they're just uncertain what they need. They're trying to get their hands around, head around this remote work. And what am I planning for? So if I have a lease expiry event mm -hmm. right now, I'm probably doing something short term. Maybe I'm doing a short term renewal. I'm probably not spending a tremendous amount of capital uh, in doing what I'm doing if I'm just a, a normal business. Uh, and if I don't have a lease expiry event, but I was thinking of doing something strategic, I might wait. So I think short term is just going to be, you know, deals and transactions and things that were kind of on the one yard line will get done. Um, things that are triggered to a lease expiry event will get done. Things that have to be done will get done. Will get done. Right. Uh, but unless you're an opportunistic player, you're probably doing that at a bare minimum. Okay. As you then graduate into sort of the medium term, that is, hey, you know what? Um, people are back to work it's working the you know the the kitchen to curb to office cycle works that's, that's the thing you know we talk about you know getting back into the workplace and the safety in the workplace and and how that's going to work that's just one piece of the journey right people have to get there oh yeah right and <laughs> yeah. so yeah you know how are people are they getting comfortable with public transit and is it working and are buildings performing well and elevator queues not crazy to get up to your space so as that sort of kitchen to curb to office journey gets more evidence that it's working and and sentiment gets more comfortable I think decisions will become a bit more aggressive okay. and then I think you'll see hey yeah you know what I'm just maybe I won't wait till the expiry event or maybe I'll take advantage of an opportunity or I'm a bit more bullish um, then getting all the way to sort of the long term which is hey we're either just living with this and we're comfortable with that or we've adapted to that I doubt we'll ever be comfortable with that but We've, we've adapted to that or there's a vaccine or whatever, then I think it gets back to business as usual. Hey, listen, I mean, real estate is still one of the best space things to be in, right? It's a, it's a the asset class is strong. Um, you know, in, here in the GTA, we went into this, this pandemic with one of the lowest vacancy, vacancy rates in North America. Yeah. Uh, so a very, very healthy market. And as you well know, these occupiers enter into long-term leases. So it's mm -hmm. very hard to manipulate those. Um, you know, the question will be, uh, you know, how will new development look? Um, will, will there be vacancies? You know, in, in, in the, the people that are gonna occupy these new towers, are, you know, they're moving from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that there? space going to get <laughs> absorbed? I mean, right. we, we still think it will. We still think that, that the, um, that the environment will be strong, but but you know it's just it's just so uncertain right now, and there's just not a lot of comparables. And I mean, and when you look at you know we're talking about leases, but when you look at the capital market side of the real estate business, it's also very interesting. You've got you know a, a good amount of people out there with with some dry powder <laughs> that they want to or need to uh, deploy, deploy. Yeah. Um, and you know you still have a limited supply of product. But it, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you've got this kind of standoff in a way because you've got buyers who want to buy at a COVID discount yeah. and you've got sellers who don't want to sell at a COVID, at discount. A COVID discount. So, <laughs> so you have a little bit of a standoff going there. But hey, in general, um, it's just such a strong industry. Um, 
great fundamentals. The GTA is a strong market. It's been disrupted, no doubt about it. Um, but uh, we're coming out the other side. Well, I really want to thank you, Chuck, for your time and your insights. It was uh, terrific to learn and, and to hear what you folks are, are telling your customers and your clients, and really appreciate your time. And I just want to thank you for coming on the Green Circle Podcast. My pleasure. Congrats to what you're doing. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.